Game Boys. Hey, Internet. Uh, welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. I'm uh, Lux, your host, a writer-director at Wisecrack and podcaster at various places. With me, as always, is uh, my intrepid co-host, straight out of the force fields of Wakanda. It's Griffin Davis. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was... Uh, Black Panther came out. We, everyone loved it. <laughs> oh, man, we did it. love it. We did, we love, did it. love it. Although, uh, apparently, you can get shamed uh, if you loved it too much. Not me. Not I you? Okay. I, I can't feel shame. <laughs> okay. I'm so, I'm so genetically Jewish that I went all the way back around. There's been a really funny uh, meme of like the, the dad from Get Out, but it's like, I, I would have seen Black Panther three times this weekend if I could. <laughs> With Bradley Whitford, like, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I've seen that. It's incredible. Um, that is perfect. But it's not just me and your friend Griffin. Also with us today is our special guest. He is a... Oh, he's so special, though. He's extremely he's so special. special. Extremely oh special. Talk me up. Yeah, We're he's... coming out of the gates so strong with number two. Yeah. I mean, we're setting the bar too here. high. Guest number two. Um, this one's special. His, he is a, a good friend of ours, a funny, funny man, and an excellent young wrestle uh, prospect. Uh, it is Dan Ziggle, also known as Dan the Man Ziggler. Dan, say hello to the people. It's me. It's Dan the Man. None of you know who that is, but it's a huge deal that I'm here. Honestly, dimes to donuts. Once we put this podcast out, most people listen to it are probably going to know who you are. Well, all right. Well, in that case, great news for you, like, audience to this thing. Greg's only Whoever that is. Yeah, well, once we figure out who our demo is, we'll find out if they it's, know who you are. It sounds like your demo might be some fucking nerds. I mean, you mean so much to 40 people. Yeah. Hey, there. Let's be fair. Every every time there's a show, there are at least fifty to sixty people throwing cups at Danny. No, yeah, actually, let's let's talk about uh, Danny for a little bit. Back when I lived in Austin, I went to some of these shows, and they were real fun. Uh, but you guys should probably explain it because I don't know much about wrestling. Well, Danny, I work at the show, but you are a a, a face of the program, I am of the of institution. The show. So why I, don't you tell I the people? I am the show. I am the fucking show. It's the, to paraphrase Triple H. Um, Mr. Hey, Mr. Saturday once every three months. That's hey, right. Lux, yeah. move the, every move the camera months. so I can see this guy. This is a... There we go. Here I am. Um, Beautiful. You know, I, I uh, actually I do a little work on the indies, too. I'm a manager, you know, which means that I basically get my ass kicked uh, for being a bad person. Um, but I'm also, like, a legit wrestler at Party World Wrestling, which is this, like, cult... Uh, literally cult uh, wrestling thing in Austin, Texas. And as you mentioned, every three months, you know, quarterly, on a quarterly basis, we put out a huge mega show. Every one is the biggest one we've ever done. It's always the WrestleMania. And um, my job in that one is also to get my ass kicked uh, because uh, you can't see my face now, but I have a very punchable face. Well, that's strange I, to me because you you radiate goodness to me. I mean, maybe I want to punch your face, but you seem like a really good guy. So it surprises me that you are. I guess what, you guys the heel like. Yeah, that's, that's what they 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 call it, Griffin. What mm -hmm. you're describing to me is it's possible that you might be evil. It might be that we are simpatico because there's <laughs> oh, no. something. I've chosen the side of dark, and then maybe that appeals to you in some way. And so you're just like, wow, look at this great guy. But like, yeah. typically in my life, before I was a wrestler, people would boo me just walking down the street. He's oh like, my god, that made that must have made you a wrestler, I guess. He like said for a while there, I just wondered why my life was this way and like why I had been cursed with this. But it turns out there's literally only one thing that you can do in your life where it's good that people naturally want to hate you, and it's huh. to be a wrestling heel. And so oh I found my, my thing essentially. Yeah. Um, and and our boy our boy does a great job. The next show is actually probably going to be before this podcast comes out, uh, given the way things are going. But it's going to be great. March seventeenth. That, that mean March seventeenth at Worm Quest Party World Wrestling presents Party World Wrestling presents Worm Quest on March seventeenth. Mm -hmm. And if this episode does exist before that, and you get to hear it, and you're in Austin, and you don't go, fuck you. Yes, for real. You're a fucking traitor. Eat shit for life. Um, and that's what you'll have to do. But, um, thanks for asking, by the way. You are allowed to swear on the podcast. I'm oh, glad you yeah. asked before I mean, you just started. Is this a, a podcast for children? Like, of course I can swear. Swearing is great. Just come in here and define everything. Um, the yeah, podcast so is rated E. e whoa. For ecstasy-fueled teens. <laughs> yeah. If you've that's, never, that's the market here. If you've, never eat, if you've never eaten a Tide Pod, you can't be on our show. <laughs> Good thing well, I've seen you eat a Tide Pod. I was slamming some Sprite earlier, man, like Stone Cold. Yeah, that's true, actually. We were just shooting a video, and Danny was doing the crash two cans together Stone Cold thing in the middle of a parking lot, but with Sprite, and, like, not doing a good job. So if you can imagine, 
For for listeners, uh, just to give you a sense, if you don't know who Danny is, he's a pretty tall, uh, relatively athletically built person with extremely long blonde mullet, and yes. he's standing in a jumpsuit, looking like that, <laughs> smashing two sprite cans together, and then not quite getting most of them into his mouth. So it's just pouring Sprite all over his body. Well, that's how that's how Steve did it. That's how uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin would do it. Is he didn't swallow any of that beer? It just went down his his front. Yeah, entirely. Just, all those moms with their kids at Dollar General were just like very put off by the situation in which we found ourselves. But that's okay. That's that's every day for me. Honestly, whatever I'm doing, there are always children there for some reason, and they're always asking their parents why. And uh, it's a huge problem for me. You know, uh, Stone Stone uh, Stone Cold came into my restaurant uh, recently, and uh, you know what he ordered? What What did he order? A salad. Really? I thought that was gonna be a punchline. But you know, that is nope. a punchline. <laughs> you know I mean, it's a reversal of my ate, expectation. But he ate it the same way. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just took like two pieces of lettuce and smashed them. Smashed together. two tomatoes. He, he asked for two bowls, and oh, he, hell yeah. he grabbed a handful out of each one and smashed them together. And he was like, "Austin three sixteen says I can't eat no carbs." <laughs> oh, okay, so Danny's a wrestler. That's super cool. He's the coolest person that'll ever be on this podcast. Well, that's here's um, the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise the stakes here because I'm not just a wrestler. I'm also what a, a gamer. Fuck. It's true. He's Fuck. a gamer. Fuck. And that's uh in large part why he's here. Um, those those two worlds shall never meet. Yeah. You didn't think it was possible, but here it is in one man. Inside <laughs> me are the contradictory forces of pro wrestling and playing video games. Oh my god. Always well, a, a yin-yang kind of dynamic. Um, so yeah, wow. as we transition to the video games conversation, um, I want to ask before we actually talk about the game that you've brought to talk about, uh, mm. how did you how did you get into games? Me? Yeah, like how did you yeah. start playing video games? You yeah, how how'd you eat dork? a sport? Well, it's a game. Alright, check this out. So... A long time ago, I was a child. Check, checks out so far. Uh, and that's pretty much all you need to know. I, You know, shit, I don't know. I'm fucking, I was in a family, and my parents were like, you know, hey, this kid wants the thing that's on the on the television commercial. And I was like, I'm going to scream if I don't get it. And uh, they got me a Sega Genesis for some nice. Christmas, probably. And, yeah, so- um... You what know, was that first game you played? Like, what was the first thing that you like? The first video game you remember? Oh man, they uh, they gave me the uh, the Sega Genesis like six pack thing that had like Sonic One and Golden Axe and uh, a couple other things like that and like Streets of Rage was a game mm. that I had. And oh Star hell Fighter yeah! Too. That was where I came in. I am a twenty nine year old man, so like <laughs> you know, fucking nineteen ninety five was like a sweet year for me. Nineteen ninety five, your boy me was four and also would play uh, street fighter two well my father uh ran errands at the mall well it's interesting that you guys mentioned the year 1995 because that's where the story of this video game began <laughs> oh yeah yeah griffin give us some background before we dive in please in the I winter of- sorry Go ahead. Okay, I lied. It was actually 1993. Um, in the, <laughs> but it seemed like a good segue. <clears throat> I'll take it. In the winter of 1993, Konami newcomers Yoshitaka Murayama and Junko Kawano were tasked with the creating of an RPG for an internally developed video games console. The console was canceled and the project was shelved. Shortly thereafter, it reopened with the intention of being one of Sony's first games for the upcoming PlayStation 1 console. Murayama, however, being keen not to rush into the story, wrote the prequel script that was used for the first Zikadin instead. Uh, this was in order to gain some experience in games development before tackling the giant story that was Sukadin 2. Uh, the protagonist of Sukunin 2 goes from being a member of a youth brigade in the Highland Kingdom to being the leader of its opposition, the New Alliance Army. Uh, in acquiring one half of the Rune of the Beginning, he is destined to become leader of the newly rebuilt Jostin Army and also to oppose the holder of the other half of the Rune of the Beginning and his best friend, uh, Joey Atreides. Um, what, a this, Dune, what a Dune reference. Yeah. Uh, this week on Game Boys, Sukaden 2. Oh wait, sorry, I did that wrong. There it is, man. I'm I'm sold on this shit. Yeah, let's let's play this motherfucker. It's literally your favorite. <laughs> oh game. yeah. Okay. No, I've done this. Before. Yeah, I'm. But I'm sold again. Like that. Uh, that made it sound better than it even is. 
All right. Well, let's talk about it for a second. Um. So, why? Why? How did you get? How did you discover Sweet and Tim? I was mm-hmm. a big weeb back then, man. I had the PlayStation One. Like you know, you go. It's like time for Generation <laughs> Three on the console. So you get the PlayStation One. You don't get the N sixty four. That console was bullshit. Sorry. You know, can't hold the controller. I don't have three hands. Um, so, uh, I got this. Did they I got ever the explain three hands? Did they ever explain the three hand thing? Like, I think it's just that Miyamoto likes fucking with children and just okay. messing with their brains. Yeah, that controller, I love the N64, but that controller is maybe the worst. It's a, yeah. it's a war crime. He should be in The Hague. We'll do an episode on that. Okay. The Hague! So yeah, yeah Slobodan Milosevic and Miyamoto's song. Pretty much, if there was any justice in this world. Um... And George Bush. And uh, anyway, uh, so, and Donald Rumsfeld. But uh, to get back to, to Sui Coden, um and by the way, sorry for the pronunciation, but like... No one seems preface, to know how to say it. Preface, I'm from Texas, so I'm, I'm going to say everything fucked up. So Sui Coden is how I called it. I think it's Suikoden. It, it is actually Suikoden, yeah. Boom! Yeah, that's probably correct, but like, it's pronounced Guadalupe. Like, I say Guadalupe. I've just been, it's like I've been socialized for this. I'm no, sorry. Look, yeah, no, I understand. All I can say is Texas, baby, Texas. I say my best friend's name wrong. Like, really? Yeah. And he, and, but now it's weird if I say it right. Whose name? It's been so long. Uh, his name is Edan, but I call him Edan. Well, shout Hello. out to Edan. Shout out to Edan. Sorry about uh, what sorry, Griffin's done. Sorry, Griffin's a terrible friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll say your name right, which is chill. But yeah, so you were a big weeb. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, so I got, you know, me and my friends were all into the, the Japanese animation, the Japanimation, if you will. Um, that was blown up. And uh, so it was like, dang, you could like play a video game of that. And like there would be a cutscene where that was 30 seconds long where some anime uh-huh. people made faces and had swords. Sure. Sign me the fuck up. So, you know, I came in with, you know, you came in early generation PlayStation 1, you got your Final Fantasy 7, you know, you jump in there. Suikoden, not far after that, I don't think. You know, it's interesting. So, uh, how old were you when you played Suikoden? Uh, probably, like, 10 or something. 10, 11, 12. Because so, I remember, I, I also, like, started playing those kind of JRPGs around that age, but, like... I was so bad at them because, like, I had no idea, like, about inventory management or potions or stats. Like, I was playing on such a noob level that, like, I could never do it with, like, things like Golden Sun and all sorts of stuff. So, like, Ooh, yeah. were you – how how did you fare as a 10-year-old uh, at this game that has, like, 108 characters? Right. Well, I mean, so that is kind of the fun thing about games when you're a kid is that you naturally suck at everything. And, like, you don't follow the directions or anything. So there's a lot of, like, a lot of fond gaming memories for me are, like, being a kid and, like, fucking up at the game and, like, not understanding what, it, what is supposed to happen next or, like, not understanding, like, entire mechanics that I just ignore. And then, like, you come in as, like, an adult and you're like, oh, yeah, time, oh, it's easy. You just, like, level up like this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes away some of the, like, mystery. Like, oh, how the fuck am I going to beat this boss? Like... As an adult who's got some, you know, some know-how and access to game facts, it's like pretty easy. But as sure. a kid, it's like a hard-ass puzzle to like function. Yeah, yeah I remember those days are over. I remember as a yeah, I remember as a youth uh, until we didn't get. I didn't have a system. I had until I was I think ten or eleven, maybe twelve. Um, but my brother, my dad, my brother, and I all played video games on my dad's work computer, and my brother and I got Final Fantasy on it, and we were playing Final Fantasy VII on my dad's work computer. And it was like my favorite thing in the world as a kid. And I remember we finally got a PlayStation um, and started playing like JRPGs on there. And it like, they wrecked me. I was like this kid. I had never played it. I only watched my brother play the games. And I was like learning how to read or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then like the first time we played, I played those games. They destroyed me. But it was so much fun. I loved it so much. But I like, was so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't even the, like super hard of a game, but like I, Kingdom Hearts at ten was impossible for me. Yeah, like like it was just too hard, and I didn't understand how to level, so I hadn't leveled anything, and I was just getting killed. And then I came back to it as like a fourteen year old, and I beat the game, and I had like my revenge on the game. <laughs> yeah, the reason I got good to the game those games fast is because uh, shouts out to the Rabbi Jack Luxemburg and uh, Saint Barbara Etkin. Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents did not do a lot of preventing me from accessing media that was inappropriate for my age. Um, and so when my dad got Diablo, I was like four or five, maybe six. 
Um, and they didn't really stop me from like either playing it or watching him play it. So I was like in on inventory management and leveling up from a very, very young age. Uh, then JRPGs were like the natural progression, even though it took me a while to like figure out how to do it. Jesus. But yeah, I remember being like six and sitting in my dad's office while he like, I remember very clearly being a little kid and we were playing through the beginning of Diablo. My brother and my dad and I were all watching it. And he gets to the, the butcher the for the butcher, first time. Man. That's and he the goes, mm, fresh meat. And I was like six and I was like, ah! Oh, same, man. The butcher <laughs> so is scared. like a thing. People, that shit is terrifying. No, was, I was terrified. Also, the game, that's the moment when the game definitely murks your ass for like the first time, if not before. Because yeah. like, no one's ready for the butcher. Well, it's also the first time that game. We can talk about Diablo later because this is this weekend in podcast. But I will say one more thing, which is that's the first time in that game that, um, that, it really shows its hand in terms of like aesthetics because the whole time at the beginning it's like creepy hallways and like spooky doors. And then you open that room and it's like corpses everywhere and the floor is covered in blood. Yep. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, they ramp it up. They really do. Um, all right, Danny, here's the next question for you. It's a sure. question that I have that we ask that we're going to ask you, which is why. So, why is Sweet Into your favorite game? Of all, of all of the JRPGs. That exist. Suicode Two is a goddamn classic. That's why it's a it's a quality it's a quality masterpiece. Um, and I feel like it's a really uh it's like a good execution of like of what they wanted to do. Ah, that's a bullshit explanation. I'll tell you this. Here's here's something that Suicode was really compelling to me about. Um, was uh it was like you know a sort of fantasy but also politics thing. Um, and uh. And also, again, though, like one of the one of the sort of uh, main features was the uh, was the 108 characters, right? Like um, you you mentioned earlier, you were like you kind of think of it as like a mix between Final Fantasy and Pokemon to some extent. I did say that in the car earlier. That's yes, because you gotta kind of gotta catch them all. If you want the like the real ending, you gotta recruit 108 like different weirdos that are spread across the game, and like uh, you kind of you gotta know what you're doing. But um, but yeah. Talking about those 108 characters for a second, that is just like a, I think one of the things that's famous for just by itself that you can have that many, like they're not just characters like in a game, they're party members, potential party members in your party. Right, like 60 um, or some of them can do combat, right? Like more than half? That's right. Yeah, there's a bunch of support people. So it's mm-hmm. also funny because like, you know, the game is built around, um, you know, the the formula of, of Suicoden is that. You know, they kind of present this situation where, like, some some nation is, like, off its rocker and, go, and fucking up in some way. And so you, as the good guy, have to mount some kind of resistance movement to that. Um, and in doing so, you, like, find an abandoned castle. And then you set up there and you're like, this will be our fort. And then from then on, the kind of, like, the storyline is this, like, military campaign where you and all your buddies are, like, fighting the evil empire, basically. I have to say, on, on the fort thing... Um... My, one of my favorite things about this particular... Because this isn't like a... Suikoden might be the best uh, JRPG at this, but it's not unique in the sense of like... there A lot of JRPGs where you find people and recruit them to a town and they become part of your town or whatever. Yeah. One thing I love about that, and Suikoden is, no, is not an exception, is I love how quickly someone you find makes themselves at home and like sets up a shop. Yeah, exactly. The, like you come back and they're like, cool, I'm the bathhouse guy. I built this bathhouse. Are you into that? Yeah, exactly. Like you're gone for... 20 minutes and you come back and someone's like oh i just threw together a blacksmith shop hmm. ex nilo forged myself a forge um yeah yeah and um, i love i find that so funny they set up it's like i'm the best carpenter in the world i carpented an entire shop out of nothing <laughs> yeah it's just like uh it's like if, if i was a doctor in the real world and a hospital sprouted up around me yeah, just because I, I, I am a doctor like <laughs> Pretty much. Everyone's just either really handy in that universe or they're as sort of like an, a, an elf situation. Yeah, they cast level one summon building. They're, and this is this is a deep cut into the lore of Suicoden 2, but I'm going to go there straight away. Well, you're the that, expert, so that's it is, your job. I mean, arguably, it is canon. I mean, now I'm the only guy with a podcast about this, and you guys as my helpers. But um, <laughs> yeah. But like, so now I think it's fair to say that I am now not assistants. We're like helpers, like elves. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. like you're the speaking Santa. Of, speaking of elves, and so um, they actually reveal this. Like, you know, there are these recurring characters and archetypes and functions. There's always some blacksmiths that you have to like find at some point, and they all join your team because you like give them a hammer, and they're like, "Ooh, the silver hammer, cool." Um, Anyway, um, there's always an elevator guy, which is so weird. Like, specifically in your, like, shitty fort, some of the, the fun is, like, having these people populate the space and eventually kind of fill it out, and, like, this drafty old room over here becomes, like, a study for, like, the librarian or whatever. Um, 
And there's That's always cool. there's always an elevator guy who's like some weird and ass inventor who's like, oh my god, you're the owner of a castle? I've always wanted to know someone who has a building with more than one floor on it because I've had this crazy <laughs> idea for technology that what? I just want to I want to test it out on somebody. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. There's the always an elevator guy like, who's I'm, like, I'm Mr. Elevator. I'm gonna invent the first <laughs> elevator, and the only thing stopping me was that there's no second floors. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> Because every other second, every other multiple story building is a castle or a dungeon that is full of monsters, that's, I guess. That's such an incredible cart before the horse way of thinking, too. Of being like, man, I thought of this way to get to the second floor of a building. Now, if only buildings had two floors. Exactly. That's pretty much the pitch that these guys that would give. So it's like funny. a different guy. I think it's like a. It's a Darwin thing. They they sort of develop separately from each other. Oh Possibly my God. some of them rip each other off. But the uh, it's revealed at some point in canon, like. That uh, the technology behind the elevator is not like mechanical at all, <laughs> but in fact that these dudes have on tap, and they're not shown in the game, and they're never referred to except like in the weird deep cut lore. That, that like w- at least one of these guys had like a team of just buff louts that would pull ropes, and they just like lived <laughs> under the elevator, and like whenever you need to like. Whenever you need to like go up to the third floor to like go to okay. the fucking lookout, Hold on. these Hold buff on. louts are pulling ropes to like get you there. Wait a second. So yep. this is a cutscene that where this information is revealed. No, no, it's like they're never shown. Um, it's like uh, there's how is this information revealed? Ah, uh, there's one of the, one of the, there's like two ways that it could have been, and they're probably it's I like forget dialogue about it. Like they're like, oh well, how do you actually get to make? I don't actually get to make them work. I've got twenty guys in the pretty much. Yeah, it's like, like I don't think... need, I don't need to invent anything. I've got the tag team from the Ren and Stimpy wrestling episode down here, and they're gonna be pulling ropes until your elevator goes up. It's exactly those guys, the louts that are angry and sore from their their defeat. Yeah, because the they, they lost her in Stimpy in the wrestling <laughs> Last match. Episode. But, um, That's crazy. But uh, yeah, it's like, okay, so another guy's job that you can find in these games recurring is uh, is the detective. And like, there will always be a detective um, who shows up and wants to help you solve mysteries or whatever. But the main thing they do, or they're like a reporter, and what they'll do is um, you can like pay them to like investigate your homies for you. So like, they'll kind of shadow them. Sometimes they like interview these people. Sometimes they literally just stalk them and then like send you like a fucking background check report on like what these guys are doing. And mm-hmm. I think you do that in like one of the games. And he's like, "Yeah, I followed the elevator guy around because I was trying to figure out like how he has this amazing device that works." And it turns out that like you know he always has to wheelbarrow a bunch of grain down into the basement. I wonder what that's about. So and let's then, like, talk. You let's know, talk the next about some bigger, bigger story stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah. Like. Uh... The, like, did you find that, like, I think a lot of people talk about this game, like, I've heard some people say it's like, oh, it's like the Game of Thrones of video games, because it's like a smart political thriller that, like, showcases, like, characters on both sides of just, like, a war. It's not like a super anime story where it's like, one chosen one is going to f- save the world from the portal the dragons are coming from. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, this is like a down and dirty, just, like, civil war between two nations, yeah, they, kind of. the cool thing um, is they kind of hit both a little bit. Like, there's there's always, like, two tracks to the story. Mm-hmm. One is very, like, real politic, where it's, like, one of these countries is, like, an imperialist aggressor, and then the other one is just trying to, like, prevent an invasion. Or in the first one, Suicode 1, it's all a civil war, so, like, the emperor is totally insane, um, and you and there's, like, a resistance movement that's trying to, like, overthrow him, and it all takes place in there. Um, and so there's always that, and there's, like, a bunch of factions... You always have to, like, win over the governor of some obscure province to, like, get the troops, you know, to, yeah, like... Yeah, so it's just more down... It's just more... It's a little bit, like, a deeper cut of politics than I think the normal video game tries to tackle. Like, I think most video time, games... definitely, yeah. I think even today most video games are like, oh, the big bad money politician in the skyscraper and then, like, a mayor. And, like, those are the two political characters always that we, an like, evil know too. in games. Like, there isn't, like, a lot of other political characters, at least in most games that I see. Unless there's, like, a, oh, a big, like, evil religious organization. Yeah, I mean, they love pope. to do that. you got to kill God at some point in your JRPG, if possible. Or at least the Pope. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Um, did, did, uh, I'm speaking in tongues. Keep all that. It's that that God again. Oh, we'll keep that. We'll keep that. Mm. We'll, we'll, no one's cutting that out. I love, I love my mouth sounds. 
um, Neil Cesariga. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, when it comes to this game, the, with the big... Did you, like, when you were a kid, I guess, or even when you're an adult and you play this game, mm-hmm. like, do you find yourself going back to it, like, for the story or for the mechanics? As far as, like, because I know there's like, this big sweeping story that's, like, really interesting. And we ask you more questions about that, but I'm wondering what's, like, the more appealing... Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think what, uh, you know, if I was to, to go back and play it again, I play it so many times now, I might be done. I might have, like, I might be done with Suicoden 2. This could be, like, the period on the end of the sentence of the relationship that I have with this game. But maybe I might go back to it. It's always worthwhile. It's it's, it's pretty pleasant. I like I like the, like, characters, and I like the uh, I like the setting and the sort of atmosphere of the, uh, the made-up anime world that they've made, which is this interesting kind of multicultural kind of mixing pot that is kind of Asian and kind of European and uh, they have these different fictionalized nations that are always sort of aesthetically interesting um, and you get to see like Wakanda, sort of, Sokovia well like yeah like there's Soko- everyone's favorite country, Sokovia they, they usually do to, like two quick, cultures together and they mix them up and they file the serial numbers off. Sure. A quick aside on Sokovia really fast. Sure. Um, do you did this come up when they were making that movie? Like, why did they switch it from Latveria to Sokovia? Or is Sokovia just a different made-up country that Ultron get? Like, It's possible. It's like they already had... There's a hold pre-made... On, hold on, wait. I'm, I'm confused about your thing. Can you there's, clarify in, for me in and Marvel, the listeners? In the Marvel comics, there's already a pre-made random Eastern European country that doesn't actually exist called Latveria. Has that been established in the movies? No, but Sokovia wasn't until they went to Sokovia. <laughs> uh, well, I think the problem is is that if you're going to use Latveria, then it becomes a Doctor Doom story. Yeah, that's the know? only thing is Victor Von Doom is the Baron of Latveria. I guess that's the reason because Fox owned yeah. the rights to Victor Von Doom. Yeah, I mean, that's, boom, you, you answered your own question. We figured it out. This is a podcast where we learn together. Mm. Um, and we did it. That was a great example of learning together. Thank you for that. Um, so what's your favorite stuff about, about, so you were saying, you were saying that like you get into the characters, you get into the world a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, that you get a, a, like you said, like there's like 60 dudes you can like choose from to put into your party. And, um, and so you just get to, and the great thing is, and we talked, we touched on like difficulty curve. The difficulty is curved such that you don't, you never really have to grind and like, some characters are better than others, definitely, but you can kind of get away with using whoever you like. So if you want the like shitty blacksmith who has a tiny hammer to be in your guy's thing because you think his hat is cool, you can kind of get away with that. Right. That was too like, specific to be a random example. That, there's specifically there's like a couple of like little blacksmith dudes with like mustaches and hats that are great, and but they <laughs> suck at fighting. Ironically, and there's like because you can have like six party members, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you kind of spread it out. You got some. You get a couple of spellcasters. You get a couple of tanks in the front maybe like a guy with a bow and arrow and um there's always like a cool kind of wild card dude with like a gun or something and it's like whoa this guy's got a gun in a fantasy setting i definitely want him on my team that's a, a classic and a classic jrpg character yeah, shout out to is to like Clive. sword guns are my favorite yeah <laughs> there's an anime called gun x sword which is my favorite <laughs> name for an anime um it's mostly bad but the last Wait, episode... I don't believe you. How could it be bad? The first three episodes are great, and then they kind of get away from the gun X sword and are more like, here's like a, it's, here's it's a robot. Actually, it's actually about robots, not yeah, guns or no, swords. No, that's what happens. Oh, um, no. But then at the end, it's a little more gun X sword, but he's fighting this monster, and the mo- like the main bad guy, the main bad guy is like explaining in a classic anime way. He's like, the what I'm doing that's evil is actually good because of whatever, blah, 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 blah. And the protagonist just punches him in the jaw and yells, I don't understand what you're talking about! Which is my, like, favorite battle cry from any show ever. I don't get it! And we're, like, supposed to root for that. Like, I'm an ignorant ding-dong cowboy! Um, <laughs> um, so, I will watch, fess up... Go watch Gunnick Sword, audience. Yeah, well, well apparently Gunnick Sword jumped the shark. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not going to do that. Then it unjumped it, though, for the last episode. Okay, it unjumped it? Can you unjump a shark? That's, I, I can unjump anything. That's the premise of this podcast. I can unjump anything. The real question is, can I jump a shark? Hmm, and the answer sure. is probably not. I'm not very athletic. Okay, cool. Um, I have a video um, game podcast. <laughs> um, uh, you probably have more than one. Um, <laughs> I've appeared on more than one. Um, I mean, just so, for context for our listeners here, I mean, we pretty much look like you'd expect. Like, you remember the, like, fat vampire in Blade? Um, it's basically, we're all that guy. Yeah, we all look like... We, we formed together to create that guy. Yeah, have you seen the meme of uh, of the man in the cloak selling Mountain Dew? 
Um, if you no. haven't, sorry, no, I haven't. but uh, that's us. Um, that one's great. Okay, well, here's my next question for you, Dan. Sure. Yeah. Um, actually, before I ask my next one, that I wrote down. I'll ask one that I'm improvising right now. Wow. Yes, and yes, and which is best. your favorite of the characters of the 108? Um, dang, that's a good one. You know, the one that actually stands out the most in that game, um, and like Suicode and Two Heads will agree. That like the character that that like gets the biggest spotlight for a minute and makes the biggest impact is this is the villain, um, and not actually actually like the secondary villain, this guy named Luca Blight, who is right. Luca was dope. Yeah, Luca Blight is a fucking maniac, um, and he is like main present- villain of the game. Main yeah, villain. he's like presented as like the main problem for a long time, and then spoiler alert, um, he eventually eats it, and like this dude Joey Atreides kind of sneaks into his role and, and we realize that like the whole story is a little more complicated than we originally let on. That's uh, a big part of the story is this this twist that you fight the big bad in the middle of the game. It's a very interesting structural choice that they're like, oh, the big bad, you fight this dude like right in the middle and then actually your childhood friend is who you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's kind of like a, he's like a sort of right-hand man for a minute to like the bad guys and then you realize that he's been he's been maneuvering them the whole time so that he can take power thanks to you waxing the bad guy and then mm-hmm. now it's this real anime thing where like he thinks he's doing the right thing and you think you're doing the right thing and you're your best friends and you both have one half of the magic rune that gives you power and mm-hmm. uh, you of course the main character has the uh, the bright shield um, of like restorative shit and he has the black sword and together they form like some kind of weird yin yang equation anyway sure. Luca Blight is this fucking maniac they set up early on he's like He's the prince of the evil, extremely aggressive country, and they show him just, he just kills everybody. He just shows up at a town and just makes people crawl around and oik like a pig, and then he'll just put them down, and you just hate his guts, and he's like legitimately scary. And he has the, he's the holder of the beast rune, um, which is, you know... Probably a pretty good rune. And uh, anyway, so they have this great set. <laughs> probably, yeah, it's probably yeah, pretty, it's pretty good. Rune. It's in my top ten. It's a major rune. Like, okay, so runes, top fives. Um, yeah, I'd go, say, everyone look at their top five runes. I'd it's say um, flight rune, mm-hmm. um, infinite, sure. in, in, infinite. Uh, snack time rune you're making up runes immediately um snowboarding rune flight runes are real rune um uh, i'd say discus rune <laughs> um and then uh maybe beast rune maybe he's okay. in fifth right I'm behind next. the discus rune I mean, i'm next beast, i'm gonna yeah, start please, with Griffin, i'm gonna i'm gonna start with chaos rune sure. then i'm gonna go sailor moon rune? then i'm gonna go okay, we, we we were so doing so well no chaos rune then sailor yeah. moon rune okay sailor moon <laughs> rune, rune. <laughs> Sailor Rune, uh, Dark Side of the Rune, and uh, Zune, the Microsoft Zune. And All You Need is Rune by the Beatles. This is so yeah, disrespectful to Suicone's lore. All right, tell us five real ones that I'm going to have to about. You can't defend well, Griffin, Suicone's lore You may be calling in for this, but if, if, if you continue this, I'm going to have to hurt Lux. I'm going I'm to pick him up over can, my head and throw him in some way, some wrestling-related way. I might sound I, tough on the podcast, but I'm both physically and emotionally weak. Um, I record from a remote location so I can talk as much shit as I want. I will eventually find you, Griffin. I will solve those <laughs> riddles that you keep mailing to me and find your home address. <laughs> and then you're going to be in trouble, pal, for disrespecting the, the runes. All right, well, what are your top five runes? I'll, I'll tell you my top one rune. Okay. It's the night rune. Whoa, talk, working on my <laughs> night room. Fuckers. And then the song just starts playing for like. It's true though. The night room is The rest good. of the podcast the is night moves over and over. Good. It turns into a sword, and this guy has a sword, and the sword talks to him because the runes can talk, I guess. If oh, they want to. a sword that's your friend is really cool. I do love that anime trope. A talking Absolutely. sword is, is, is universally good, I think. I, I, I rarely do I find. Like, living swords are either funny or they're like a good sort of like metaphor for bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Most of this rune just complains about being a sword, and this guy has the sword, and he's like, "I'm just gonna cut this orc with you," and he's like, "Man, I'm like, I'm a huge god level being, not so your sword, man." So I'm gonna fess up and say that neither me nor Lux have played this game. Well, yeah. I played it when I was very young. Oh, you played when you were very young? Oh, I haven't played it at all, but I did watch like uh, most of the major story beats last night, and uh, sick. Uh, one thing that uh, I was struck by was um, this sense that 
no one's really evil. Like you get to know a lot of characters on both sides of this war. Um, and it's not, it, it like, despite, yeah, like there's these like very obvious yin and yang things like there, there is this area of gray and uh, the people like it, are really conflicted and they're kind of like, it's like kind of like brothers fighting brothers and stuff a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and they, that's, they milk it for that's a really nuanced, uh, like cool thing about it that I thought was really awesome. Uh, I also liked uh, at the end, they try and pay off every single of the 108 character storyline with these blocks in the credits. Right. Yeah. And like, like yeah, each character like gets their destiny. own block that like tells like what what happened with them. So it's like so there was this like it wasn't just like a hundred and eight like bleh, like it seemed like they really were like well if we're gonna put a hundred and eight in we're gonna really spend the time to like really write something for each one. Um, yeah, I mean I remember even as a kid and when I played this I was, I was pretty young but I was I'd, I'd gotten into gotten into writing a little bit and doing kind of stuff like that. And, and reading about writing. And I remember just being, like, overwhelmed with the fact, like, there were 108 characters. And probably, like, as a kid, I thought, like, 70 of the people I met in that game were cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, as a kid, I was like, these people are interesting. Uh, and I haven't played it since then. But everyone I know who's talking to, everyone I've talked to who's played it, and, and, I, and Danny said this, and the, and the internet, um, seems to believe that, like, yeah, there's, like, a, a shocking amount of depth for 108 uh, side characters to have. Yeah, they, uh, they, uh, and a lot of them are kind of, you know, they're like, they're decent two dimensional characters in that it's like, this is, this dude is like a cook who loves his daughter, and that's what you get from the two. But it's, with, the great thing about the game is that you walk into the new village, and you immediately spot three perverts, like three absolute weird sex monsters, <laughs> and you're like, these guys are recruitable. Everyone else has like a generic sprite, but this dude has like fucking David Bowie hair and like a fucking purple shoe. And uh, that's how you know immediately that, like, you got to convince this guy, and he's always, he's going to be like, hey, look, man, how many birds have you pet? And you're like, I don't know, three? And he's like, come back to me when you've pet 50. And oh, my God. If someone said that to me in real life, I would be like, I have to do this. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. That's, that's how I'd feel as a kid. I'd be like, man, I need to impress this weird man. I need him to join my army so that we can continue this, like, weird fucking That's That's legitimately opera. his requirement. That's so funny. I mean, that's um, a made-up one. But usually it's it's some shit where, like, these people all have monomania. Like, they're all obsessed with, like, their one thing that they're into. And you have to, sure, you have sure. to kind of step to them and be like, hey, guy who's into foot races, I'm going to race you. Or whatever, you know? I'm into a wet bread. Oh, i got to yeah. find some bread and, and then the guy will be like, the river. there's a rumor that they make the wettest bread on top of Mount Zygote. And then you're like, <laughs> better go check a, that out. It's a giant, it's a giant <laughs> geologically formed baby. Pretty much. There's sperm cell to shoot. Um, it really happens guy. in the game. Sui Code Heads can confirm that you um, find the so wettest bread on top of Mount Zygote. So basically, some other big things that I think were cool about the game, at least from my perspective, were um, like the, the the art design and the direction of like the sprite characters was really really cool. Um, they seemed to have like more movement and fluidity. Like there was more minute animations happening uh, within like each of the sprites uh, that I hadn't seen in even games like much later uh, than that one. Like the it attention really to detail, well, yeah. like the way when a character would like sit. Or like move up, like there were so many pixels and minute uh, like animations. I mean, it was really cool. Well, it made it made the smart choice that Final Fantasy VII didn't make, which was to say, just because we could render this in three D doesn't yeah. mean we should render it in three D. Exactly. Um, and so it's like two D when two D was able to be really cool and detailed, and it looks amazing. Uh huh. It still um, looks amazing today. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, I was I was looking at stuff today, and and then Final Fantasy VII looks like well, you you guys know. Just a garbage hell pile. Yeah, the awful, 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 awful. I mean, there, and there's there's a lot of Final Fantasy in in Suikoden, right? Like there's like that like the structure that Griffin was talking about is very like the 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 plot structure being in the middle. That's very Final Fantasy VI. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, tied in with the, with Suikoden's like uh, sort of lack of glow of of wide reaching American fame is that it was released like two weeks after Final Fantasy VIII. Oh. Okay. And and that's why people say it did not do well, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was, that was one of its big inhibitors. So, like, there is a little bit of, like, I mean, I guess with almost any JRPG, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy is part of the story. But it feels like Suikoden and Final Fantasy are sort of very intimately tied together in a certain kind of way. Maybe so. Although, sadly, Suikoden has passed on. Final Fantasy continues, but uh, that this franchise is pretty much dead. Yeah. I think 5 sure. was pretty much the last one. I, well, I believe so. And, and it's sad because the dude mm-hmm. that you mentioned earlier, like, they had this whole overarching thing that they were going to get to eventually, 
and they mm-hmm. never got to go there. Like, there's this, apparently, like, eventually it all culminates, and these, these two recurring side characters that represent, like, order and chaos, like, having the final ultimate battle. We're never going to get that. We're never going to get Uber versus uh, Peshmerga, which was promised to me as a young child. And that's, that's another thing that was cool about the game is that you could actually uh, transfer your save data to the next one, so it mm, felt like you were making cool. a difference. Like, you know, if you played the yeah. first one to the end and got all the characters, you'd get a couple little bonuses in the second one and so on, so you felt like there was continuity. Also, characters would come back and, like, they'd be older and they'd have changed and shit. Oh, like, that's so little, cool. Little kids would, would have grown up into big really? badasses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so, like, I don't, for me, it feels like even if a game did that now, I'd be impressed. Yeah, no, it, it, it um, they, they really take their linearity and causality really seriously in those games in a way that's, like, really interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, yeah, you have characters in Suikoden 2 who, like, characters in Suikoden 1 pop up all over Suikoden, in Suikoden 2 and then in 3 and 4. Um, and it's really, really cool because it makes it really feel like you're taking place in, in a real world. That's why, um, and one day we'll talk about gay games that I particularly like, but the Trails of Cold Steel games and Trails mm-hmm. in the Sky um, do a similar thing where you you are, you know, in game one, you interact with someone in one context, and then in game two, they're in a different place, and the, situ- and the, the political situation is different. You talk to them then, and, and things have changed, or, like, someone had a kid or whatever, and, and you know... Um, that always makes those stories feel a lot more personal and specific uh, in a way that I think is always really, really good. All right, Danny, I got another big question for you. Please. So what do you, what do you look for in a game? And then, and like, how did you find that in, in Suikoden? Like when you were trying to pick a game, like what do you look for in it? And then what, what about Suikoden like did that for you? Yeah. Good question. Um, I don't know at that time. I mean, it was like an aesthetic thing, you know, Suikoden's aesthetics are really good because again, it's, you know, the, you have the, the beautiful kind of, like, sprite animation and that generation of just garbage 3D games. Um, Garbage-looking, anyway. Um, yeah, watch and, yourself. Sorry, yeah. Uh, garbage-looking 3D games, and then they had these great sprites. They were still sticking with the sprites and, like, making it work. Um, and, like, all the characters had these outrageous sort of anime designs. So, again, dudes with ba- David Bowie hair or whatever. Um, and, like, they'd all have weird axes or whatever. And... Um, it's so, like the aesthetic was really tight, and 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 that and this time it was actually it sort of like felt like it related to the real world a little bit, sort of on a political level, because you know I was one of those kids that like I was one of those like poser ass kids that wore like the Che Guevara shirt, you know? <laughs> Do you remember those kids? You sure. probably saw them around. Yeah. Um. And so like to me, I was like, you know, I was like, man, this is kind of like this this fucking like JRPG is about the struggle. It's about like how is Che now? Uh, he's, uh, still dead. But uh, my shirt, I don't know what happened to it. Um, Probably for the best. But yeah, like, you know, I had an com- <laughs> extremely incomplete understanding of, say, communism or, uh, any, anything else of, of import. But, like, they sort of made it simple for you. They're like, look, the emperor over here, he's an insane demon man who's, like, been haunted by the ghost of a dead sword or whatever. Um... <laughs> You gotta fucking. Ever since I killed that sword, it won't stop talking to me. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta like fucking beat him militarily. You have to win the hearts and minds of like the fucking villager people to get them on your like virtuous crusade. And then by the end of it, you're storming the tower, you're storming the the capital city, and like the dude has his weird anime thing to say before you fight him because he turns into a huge dog or whatever. And you got you got to put them down, and it makes everyone's lives better. Um. So, uh, is there any other major things that we should talk about this game that you feel like we've missed about this game before we go on to our rating? Oh, uh, I'm gonna say this: there, there is Iron Chef in the game as a mini game, and Suicune Two. Suicune Two has great mini games, and one of them is that this dude Hi Yo <laughs> is like your is like the army chef, but also various like evil chefs from other lands will come challenge him. And you have to, like, help Hayo by being, like... First of all, like, your the other lieutenants in your army become the judges. So, like, the judge will be like, hey, it's that blacksmith, and this dude's, like, a dog man. And, like, <laughs> you kind of have to figure out what they like. So it's like, the dog man likes fucking hot dogs with ketchup on them. But, like, the fucking... Uh-huh. But, like, the bathhouse guy just wants to eat fucking water because he's a pervert and um, so so people will go to people will go to war with you over a hot dog like they'll be like you gave me a hot dog now let's kill um no i mean like they they just they actually literally like 
rate the shit. They're just like, I give that one a four to five, and then you have to beat the other chef, and then that I chef do like that in real life too. Yeah, and uh, so like you have to win the fucking Iron Chef competition, and it, I don't think it really accomplishes anything, but it's extremely entertaining. And like Hayo, he's got to like he's got to help his daughter who's like sick or something, and so you have to help this dude win at cooking. And, okay, uh, so know, that's your last you like major takeaway from the game. <laughs> that's the major thing I want to emphasize okay, cool. is that if you right. play this game, <laughs> okay. it will be an Iron sure. Chef minigame. All right, I have one sure. last question for you before we move on to ratings. Please. Which is this. Um, do you think, Do you think, and if so, how, did this game like influence your like worldview or self? Like, mm. Did this game have like a profound effect on you, or do you think you'd just be the same guy if you just never found it? Great question. Um, I'd probably be the same guy. Look, I you know I was a badass when I started playing, so we couldn't too. I was a stone cold killer at the age of eleven cool. or whatever, and that yeah. didn't change. In a way, Sui Kun 2 just delayed me from getting to where I really wanted to be in life. Which is which is independent pro wrestler. Yes, exactly. This sounds like an endorsement of a game if I've ever heard if of it. If I could get 50 hours of my life back this is my favorite game. Sui Kun 2, I would take that in a second. This is Let that sink a terrible in. endorsement my of your favorite, favorite game. game. My favorite yeah. game. If I could fucking, if I could do the uh, that shitty movie with Jim Carrey in it, I would... To- Requiem for no, not Requiem for a Dream. Oh, Requiem for a Dream with Jim Carrey. <laughs> that movie was terrible. No, what you is mean that one number twenty three? Yeah, the one where he forgets his girlfriend. Oh, Fifty oh. First Dates with Adam Sandler. Mm, oh, almost, almost there. Um, <laughs> are, are you talking about the one by the beach where he drives off the bridge? Yeah. Oh, Little Eternal Miss Sunshine. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Little Miss Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Little if, I could, if I could Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, this video game and all others, to get time back and, and become a, a young baby again and spend all that time training in the gym, imagine what I could have accomplished by now. Yeah. Let, that, let that sink in, nerds, as you listen you, to this podcast. Do you think you'd be as good at, at being a wrestle boy if you didn't have the life experience you've had well i wouldn't have the example of luca blight unfortunately who's really informed my my healing <laughs> because he really is the sort of the platonic tyrant which i i try to you know evoke yeah. in my own work but uh but yeah no i mean if imagine you know little 11 year old me if i had been hitting the weights at that point i'd be unstoppable now i'm fairly i'm like it's difficult to stop me at this point it is hard i don't even remember what your question was lux I mean, this quote answer was better than anything I could have possibly imagined for it, so it's totally fine. When was the last time you stepped into a bath and thought, water's is nice, but I prefer soup? If you're anything like me, that happens every single day. But worry not, because the makers of Crab Leash have a new product to help you enjoy your bathing experience. If you're sick of boring old baths and basic bubbles, then you need Soup Brick. Suprick takes that boring old water and morphs it into something wonderful, like a chicken noodle, a beef stew, or a miso product for our vegetarian friends. No matter who you are or what you enjoy, Suprick can turn your bath into a whole new, wonderful culinary experience. So take a break from the boring old basics and try a Suprick today and enjoy your bath. Now, welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. Um, all right, Danny, it's time for us to talk about our favorite or our ratings for this game. On a scale from one to five joysticks. <laughs> five joysticks. I like your reaction a lot more this time on the second take. Um, I, I love this Part, question even more. Parting the, the kimono take. for you guys listening. This is the second take of this question. <laughs> well, so what? You're, let me see if let me see if I've if I've got this entirely straight. Let me let me just try to run this back to you, and you tell me if I'm wrong. So you're asking me to rate my favorite game of all time out of on a one out of five. <laughs> What kind of fucking asshole uh, comes just, to this I, podcast and says, my favorite game of all time? I give it about a four. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There, that's, that is a, a fun, that's a good point. A fundamental <laughs> flaw in the system. That but is then, a good point. Then Griffin yeah. and I have to rate it, and maybe that'll be different. Oh, well, you mother... You, well, well, here's I the think thing. It's a game I'll talk shit talk about, about. Coden all day, but you motherfuckers better be respectful, goddammit. <laughs> also, neither of <laughs> you played this game. I, I played it when I was a kid. All right. The I give it, is a, coming I give out. it a, a four and point eight. You know, with room for improvement. Sui Coden 2, you impressed me. I'd like to see more. <laughs> okay. um, it seems like you the point two is shaved off because you're not going to get another one. It seems like that might be where you're disappointed. Yeah, Sui Coden 6 could have been that five joysticks, but we'll never mm. know. Um, all right. Well, I, I, um, I've, I've, I played this game as a kid. I watched some videos. Uh, I tried to install an emulator on my computer and got a virus. Um, <laughs> so, that be a lesson to all of you at home. Um, yeah, only ever use Emu Paradise. Just kidding. Don't do that. It's illegal. Right. 
Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I got a virus because of God. I was, that's why I, was, I only use Game Shark. I was sinning. Um, and let me repent. Hail Mary, full of grace. I don't know the rest of the word. Uh, take her Gucci bag and her North Face off her back. Jack or she act. We're really running out of steam. We're deflating okay, yes. like okay, balloons. Here we go. I am back episode. in it. Sorry, I was <clears throat> notorious. What the happened just then? Oh. Did we something get unplugged? Oh yeah, my headphone got unplugged, but it's back in. You were getting so hyphy, you unplugged yourself. That's right, actually that's allowed. Exactly that's okay. True. Lux was literally like, he was dancing while he was saying that. It's true, I was. But anyway, my point is that uh, this game is very, very good. The game has to like, really rope me into it to like get me to like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game does. So I'm going to give this a 4 out of 5. Or four, no, sorry, 4.5 out of 5. That's my answer. 4.5? Yeah. Nice. So like a 9 out of 10? We're being honest. Okay, yeah, sure. Or yours, like a nine point six out of ten. Are you are going to litigate this right now? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to pause again because my roommate's fucking up. One second. Get him. I don't think those are manga. What? Those are like magazines. I think they're DVDs. What? Well, dogs can watch movies. That's one thing they can do. Well, Griffin, give the people what they want. What's your uh, assumed rating on this one? All right, so it's time for my rating, guys. Uh, you know, uh, I l- did not play this game yet, but I watched a speedrunner play through it while I was doing other stuff. Um, I also watched a few fanboys talk about it for a long time. They had a lot of good things to say. Um, I really like the story of this game. I like the politics behind it. Um, I really like the animations. Um I like um, all of the anime tropes they're using. I like that your best friend is the ultimate bad guy that you have to deal with. That just that's perfect for me as a big Naruto Sasuke bromance fan. Um, so um, I'm all about that. You know, after doing this podcast, you know, um, despite everything Dan said, I'm definitely gonna play this game, um, and uh, I'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of five. And hopefully could ramp it all the way up to a perfect score after I play it. It's on the PlayStation Network right now. I just looked it up, and it's about 25 hours long to beat all the way through. I thought it was like 100. No, I think it's like 20 for the first one, and then like 30 to 50 for the second one, I thought. Yeah, uh, on 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 like timetobeat.com or whatever, they claim it's around 27 Depends hours. Depends on whether you get into that Iron Chef shit. Sure, sure, sure. That's another eighty hours. Yeah. Easy. That's the deepest part of the game. So what are we? So wait, okay. So we have a four point five. What'd you give it, Lux? Four point five. Oh, this is the highest 8. rating I think of any game yet yeah, we've had on the podcast. The yeah. highest rating we've got. So four point five, four point five, four point eight. Yeah. That puts us at a total rating of thirteen point eight, which is not easily divisible. Mm. Whoa. Exciting. Um, if we if you put one more on there, we'd be at one thirty nine, which is easily divisible. Well, that's a um, shame. But oh, wait, you know, one thirty eight should be easily divisible. Hold on a second. All right, we it is. Here. Hold on. Thirteen point eight. Please don't do this. I'm to not going to do this right now. <laughs> I can't do it. Anyways, this is this is okay. It's time for everyone's. Poison. It's Let's time for everyone's math. favorite segment. Lux yeah, does. Lux does great math. Poisoning this podcast. No, here's the, everyone's actual favorite segment. Lux does math. It's time for uh, play it, slay yes! it, or oh, delay yes. it. Oh, I want to find some kind of sound effect for this. Yeah, we'll work have, on that. We'll have some kind of theme. Um, but, Danny, here's the way this game works. Okay. I've found five games that have either come out recently or coming out very, very soon. Sure. I'm going to read you the synopsis of those games and their titles. Mm. You and Griffin will tell me whether you want to slay it, or sorry, we're going to play it, as in get it and play it as soon as possible. Sure. Slay it, as in throw it in the goddamn garbage. Okay. Or delay it. Oh, there it is. The sweet sound. <laughs> That rules. Um, <laughs> or delay it, as in, just to uh, push that back, just maybe I'll play it later. That's what I do to all my problems. I, sure, yeah. Okay. All right, so you got the, you got the rules under control? Yeah. Maybe, sorry, best. one note, potentially, Lux, what if we only get one play it, one slay it, one delay it, and we have to choose? It's a fuck, Mary kill situation. At, it's a fuck, like, you know, between well, the games. That's then heartbreaking. Have to cut, then I'll have to cut some of these out, because I have five. Okay, well, we'll try it for next episode like that. All right, next time we'll try three. Burf saying that, too. So now you and Burf agree. And now Why don't I... you just cut two right now, then? Let's just do this on the fly. Okay. It's crazy. Um, we'll do it on the fly. I know which ones I'll cut. Um, this one. Okay, it's up to you, Danny. Cut two games from this no, list. I'm doing it. Don't let him. He'll cut the wrong ones. 
You're right. You're right. Um, only trust, this, only trust I don't. Me. I don't trust Danny after this podcast. You shouldn't trust me. <laughs> he's I'm, a maniac. I'm. A, I'm a fucking snake, man. <laughs> he's, Jake, he's Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Um. All right. First on the list, Dynasty Warriors Nine. For the first time in the series, the expansive land of China is shown on a single map with the introduction of an open world format for diverse progression through the game. Mm-hmm. The one versus thousands exhilarating action of the Warrior series and the beloved characters in the romance of the Three Kingdoms tale are carried over. But the freedom through an open world stage provides a brand new Warriors experience. Dynasty Warriors 9, play it, slay it, or delay. Oh, I have to redo all three now. Yeah, you gotta do all three, so maybe so yeah. do the voice. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, anyways, next is... Bayonetta 2. Wield wild weapons and execute deadly moves like the the powerful Umbrian Climax. Yikes. Sorry, let me just take that again because, uh, fucking, uh, don't worry about it. Um, oh, missed my pocket. Put my phone directly down my pants. Um, Bayonetta 2. Wild, <laughs> wield wild weapons and execute deadly moves like the powerful Umbrian Climax to take out the angels and demons in this breathtaking action game. You sure. can even friend a, team up with friends in two-player online or local wireless co-op fights. Additional accessories required, sold separately. And um, then so, finally, yeah, number three. It's the third one, right? I just, I, just, I just scroll down. Number three, <laughs> Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. <laughs> the official video game of the 2017 Monster Energy AMA Supercross and FIM World Championship. Motor Ener- Monster Energy Supercross, <laughs> the official video game, allows you to take place, uh, take part in the most competitive and high-profile off-road motorcycle racing championship in the world. Join the ranks of these elite athletes on iconic tracks from the 2017 season and dive into the highly immersive and realistic experience of Monster Energy Supercross. Okay. Um, so we got, so, to recap real quick, yeah. we got Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game, Bayonetta 2, Tennessee yep. Warriors 9. Sure. Okay. Which one will you play? Which will you slay? And which will you delay? Well, I guess our guest should go first. Okay. And do you want my reasoning on this, or do you just want it without context? If if you can, little reasoning. All right. Cool. Let's walk through them. Okay. We got Dynasty Warriors Nine. I actually used to play Dynasty Warriors back in the day. I still I play. I have eight. Yeah. Nice. And I will say this: Dynasty Warriors is a fucking idiots game. (laughs) It's for morons. (laughs) You can't see this, but I'm flipping off Danny with both hands. I mean, that's not even like me shooting on you, man. Like that's just the goddamn truth. You just like walk over to a thing and you press square, 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 and then triangle to taste. And that's the game. Triangle um, to taste. Yeah, like depending taste. on your guy, you, you, you do either sure. three or four squares and then a triangle. Having said that, it's kind of enjoyable to play an idiot's game and to be an idiot. Um, it's, <laughs> I actually am a highly visible public idiot, I like to think. And uh, I do finally remember kind of just like running around. Actually, now it's going to be this sort of open world thing. Uh, they're going to fuck this one up big time, guarantee it. <laughs> um, so having said that, I'm going to... Uh, delay uh-huh. this game until then, I become the kind of person that needs to play this, which is to say, once I'm in retirement and I have a lot of free time and sure. my mind is a vegetable, I'm going to mm-hmm. enjoy the fuck out of Dynasty Warriors 9. Okay, now do the other two much faster. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, Bayonetta 2. Like, like, you're like, fast. let's get into this. Let me talk equally as long in this mini game. All right, fine. Uh, Bayonetta 2. Uh, real quick, slay that shit. I'm not going to play a game that's a horny oh. anime game. Fuck that oh, shit. You were just stopped being a weeb three seconds ago. Yeah, it's oh, embarrassing. No. I don't want to have my dad walk in on me playing Bayonetta 2. <laughs> and so you, and so you live with your dad. No, I just go and play video games with my, at my dad's house. I just call Mike Bearman my dad. Yeah. Um, to, to Pretty be much. fair, I would be embarrassed if my dad walked in on me playing Bayonetta Yeah, too. what the fuck? What is up with these horny anime games where you have to play a titty woman? My dad owns a copy of Bayonetta, and we played it together, so it's totally fine. <laughs> All right, I'm oh slay, slay Bayonetta, slay, you know, Lux, Lux and his dad. Sorry um, that you were, you... like, like raised on inventory management. <laughs> yeah, no, look, slay whoever you want, but you leave Rabbi Jack out of this. All right, Rabbi Jack gets a pass. He gets a, Rabbi Jack is a hero. Yeah. He gets a delay on his inevitable Rabbi Jack demise. is a hero. Barbara Atkin is a saint, and you leave them alone. Fair okay, enough. so then my process of elimination, you're going to play the Motocross game. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Because Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game, is exactly the kind of game that you see your drug dealer playing as you have to hang out in his, his fucking apartment. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my God. Drug dealers play these obscure-ass They're games. They're always playing some goddamn BMX That's or like FIFA so or some funny. shit. And you got to kill time. So, like, yeah, yeah. man. 
Oh that's my god! Jeff. I haven't bought I haven't bought weed from someone in a, so long. But I've actually never me, done it and can't speak from experience at all for sure. But like, yeah, that was remarkably accurate for someone who doesn't buy pot. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Crazy about that. But, Great job. Uh, well, there it is. All right, Griffin, what you got? I'm gonna play Bayonetta because I've been just hearing like lots of reviews since it got and it's on the Switch. So I mean, come on, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna delay Dynasty uh, because I don't really know much about it, and I'm gonna slay that motocross game because there ain't enough hours in the day. Yeah, I uh, mine is the same as Griffin's. All right, so that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, and by the way, uh, Party World Wrestling, look that shit up. If you find me in the streets and you try to come talk to me, don't mention this podcast or I'll beat the fuck out of you, I swear to God. All right. Yeah, you can find me at MLC Report on Twitter. You can find Griffin at... Uh, uh, shut up, Griffin. At shut up, Griffin on Twitter. And you can uh, find Party World Wrestling by searching Party World Wrestling on Facebook. Just throw it on the net, but never speak to me. And never, never speak to Dan. Do you have a Twitter that you care about? I do. It's, it's, it's Yeah, it's on there. That's for sure. Do not at me. Okay, well, you Dan has a Twitter. Anyways, we love you all very much. You're the best audience in the world, I think. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.